First, in addition to the standard of who it's always being uh, for the schus of, that it also should be for my, my grandfather's yard, says there's a Moshe Tzib and Mordechai Avram, Shem Shem and Aliyah, and for a full Shalema of Nachum, Shem Yeah. Okay, we're up to, we're up to Daf Lamed Gimel Amid Aleph, three lines into the page. So what, what happened was, we had a tradition that there was one case where the, the, the halacha was your potter from Gaulus, but your chayiv for damages. We knew that. There was a machalikis yesterday, which case of the brysa did it go on? Because there was two cases of the brysa. One, one, case, one case of the brysa is that a guy walks into a, uh, a blacksmith's workshop with permission and gets killed, and one case he walks in without permission. So one opinion said the case where your potter from Gaulus and chayiv nezek is where you walked in without permission. And the other said, no, it's some had a different version that it's the case where you had with permission. Okay, fine. So now the Gemara says, Some have like a completely different tradition, and that, that concept that your potter from Gaulus and Chayev by Nezek is not related to either case. It's a completely different case regarding Gaulus, and that is Umatza. The Pasuk says that you're in the forest, you're chopping wood, and the piece of wood, Matza, the piece of wood finds somebody and kills him. Prat Matza means that the person must have been there at the time where the damage happened as opposed to sticking his head afterwards. Meaning, the case, what we're saying right now, the case of Gaulus is where I take a rock and I throw it. I don't intend to kill the guy, but I throw it and it kills him. He's there, I try to throw it over his head and it hits him in the head, he does. What if I throw it, he's not there, and then while it's in midair, he picks his head up. That's the Ampater. The point is, Matza because the Apostle describes a situation where the person was there at the time that you began the act of damaging, Prat, that excludes in a case where he sticks his head up afterwards, so he made himself found after your action was already concluded, such a case is Prater from Gaulus. The Gemara continues, from here Rav Yaakov used to say, if you throw a stone, and there's nobody there, then all of a sudden he picks his head up, and he gets hit by the stone and he dies. Potter, you don't have to do gulus. Meaning, the reason is because that's not that's not even a shaygig. When I threw it, he wasn't there. What, what do you want from me? That that's that's sort of a complete onus. Your potter. On that, I'm Rav Yosef Barchanina. Potter mi gulus v'chayev barbedzvarim. And on that, Rav Yosef Barchanina feels that it's potter from gulus. Meaning, regarding the laws of gulus, it's an onus. But for the laws of hezek, it's not an onus. Because at the end of the day, you should not be throwing rocks. So maybe for the laws of Gaulus, you, you, it's not, you don't need kapara of Gaulus, but you, you have to pay for damages. Okay, fine. Now, the opinions of yesterday's daf, what would they say about this case? They would say in this case, you don't have to pay at all. You don't have to pay for, you don't have to go to Gaulus, and you don't even have to pay damages, because it's mamish, they look at it as mamish and oinus legamri. That's why they're not uh, dealing with this case. Okay. Tan Rabbanon, here's the Shiloh. The Shiloh is like this. I go into your backyard and I get hurt, right? What's the halacha? I'm potter, because what are you doing in my backyard? You invite me into your backyard and I get hurt? You're chayiv, because I have permission to be in your backyard. The question is, what if workers enter the owner's, the, the, their boss's backyard without necessarily permission, but in order because they want to talk to him to get paid? 
The question is, is that a legitimate reason that would warrant their entry into his property or no? That's the question. Is it legitimate enough? Again, they, they want to enter his, 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 uh, his backyard to try to find him. They, they're looking for him, and they think he might be in his backyard on a, on, on a chair, on a swing set, whatever. So they, open, they go into the backyard looking for him, and then they get hurt. So the question is, do they say, well, what are you doing in my property? Or do you say, no, well, the terrorist says you're allowed to get paid. And in order to get paid, I have to find my boss, and we don't know where he is, so I'm allowed to walk in. Again, it's not breaking into the house, but I'm allowed to be on his property looking for him. That's the kasha. Workers enter the house, enter the employer's house to try to get paid. They get gored by an ox or bit by the dog. And one of the workers dies. Potter. You don't have to pick kaifer. Meaning you're potter. You're potter from punishment. Why? Because what are they doing on my property? Even though they're there to collect their wages, not a legitimate reason to be on my property without permission. But acherim, others disagree. Rameir says, They're allowed to be enter the property in order to try to get paid. Now here's the kasha. The kasha is like this. Is the what, what's the case? Is the owner is the owner available? Is the owner around at his office? Because if he's at his office, you should not be in his house. If he's never at his office, he's only at his house. Then why why would anyone say you're not allowed? The Torah says you're allowed to get paid. Right? Everyone agrees you're allowed to get paid. So there's a machlekes whether you're allowed to enter the premises. Well, the question: Well, what's the case? If the owner can be found by his office, you should not be going to his premises. If the owner is only found by his house, you should be allowed to go. So what's the machlekes? So Gemara says, Hey, what's the case? If the owner is found by his office, my time Then why would anybody say you're allowed to enter the person's house? You go to his office. And if he's not found by his office, he's only found by his house. Then what do you want them to do? Not get paid? Then. My time in the Tanakhama. The, you know, what exactly is the case here? So the Gemara says, Number, There's two components. It's interesting why you need both components, because I would think the second component should be like enough. The, the case is, he is sometimes found by his office, sometimes found by his house. But here's the case. You knocked on the door. Vikari Ababa Vamrle in. You knocked on the door and he said yes. The machlekes is, what does a person mean when he says yes? Yes, yes, come in? Or yes, who is it? You can just see like from a sitcom, like a guy walked in on someone in the bathroom. I said yes. Yes, come in. Oh, I said yes. You know, so is yes, come in? Or is yes, I'll be right there. They heard yes and walked in. The machlekes is, what does yes mean? What's interesting is, why do you have to have the case where it's, He's sometimes in the office, sometimes not. It should be stamashayl of what does yes mean. The point is, because he's sometimes at home and sometimes in the office, meaning if he's never at the, never at home, and never at the office, you, you can't, then yes has never come in. But the point is, because it's sometimes, and he said yes, the machalik says, what does yes mean? Why what? Uh, that's what Tyson said. My point is that you see from the sugi, you need both. You need the fact that he's sometimes at the office, sometimes not, and you have the yes shaila. Okay. The Gemara says, "My in old Tamashma, the the acherim hold that yes means come in, so he's giving you permission." in The other says, "No, yes means yes means give me a minute. I'll be there in a minute." So Tanya Kamadamar in Kum We have a brayse that clearly states that yes means do not come in. Yes, stay where you are. Meaning yes, give me a minute, because the brayse says. A worker entered the house of the employer to try to get paid. And he got damaged. Your potter, even though he entered with permission. What would it mean? Why am I potter if he entered with permission? It must be. This is the case. The case is where the guy said yes. 
and you thought you entered with permission, you're potter, because yes does not mean come in. Yes means, give me a minute. The Gemara says, am I potter? Alav dikari abav amaliyin. Must be the case of what we thought. He knocks on the door, and the owner said, yes. And he thought that meant come in, so he thought he had permission, but that's not what yes means. Yes means, give me a minute. And when you enter, you're entering without permission, and therefore if you get damaged, it is not the employer's responsibility. What is the halacha? The halacha is... I never like check because we don't really pass. I'm not like a. Um, Kabbalah Shabbalabayis Potter. Yeah, it, uh, yes is not coming. Yes is stay right there. Okay, next mission is very simple. I guess so. I don't know. I don't know to be honest. I don't know. I don't know if this is the uh, laws of Chayshim Mish, but I don't. Know, you know. Um, okay. Now this next mission is very simple. It has a lot of cases, but the main point of this mission is the last machloikas between Rav Akiva and the Rabbana. But let's run through the mission. You have two toms. Again, when an animal is a tom and a gores, you pay half damages. When it's a muid, you pay full damages. You have two animals that are toms that are fighting each other. They both hurt each other. So what's the halacha? So the halacha is, by the way, if the damages are equal, it cancels each other out. If they both did $100 of damage, then obviously we're both just going to walk away. Keep it a truce. But let's say my animal hurt your animal more than your animal hurt my animal. So I, my animal did $200 worth of damage. Your animal did $100 worth of damage. So what do you do? So, so it's 200 to 1. So it's $100. I pay you half. I pay 50 bucks. Simple. You figure out which one got damaged more, and then you pay half of that. Now, let's say the exact same case, but instead of two toms, they're both muid. So my animal did $200 worth of damage. Your animal did $100 worth of damage. I pay you 100 bucks because it's Nezek Shalom. So far, so good. Let's say you have a tom fighting a muid. So the answer is you figure out which animal did more damage than the other. If the muid did more damage to the tom, he pays 100% of the more of the of the the damage on top. If the tom did more damage than the muid, then you pay 50% of the damages. And if it's equal, you just let it go. It's very simple. Muid b'tam mishalom meiser nezek shalom. Tom muid mishalom meiser chatzin nezek. Huh? Yeah. Meaning, if if the if it's equal that if the tom if the muid did double the okay fine yeah yeah the point is you figure out who did more damage and then if the tom did more damage than the muid then he'll pay half of the amount that he hurt if the muid did more than the tom you pay full and there's no self defense in this case no two animals are fighting each other okay let's keep going now what about two people now we know people are muid. So there's no the people are just going to be treated as mood. You have two guys fighting each other. I did hundred dollars worth of damage. He did two hundred dollars worth of damage. He pays me hundred bucks. Very simple. Because people are mood. Let's say a guy is fighting an ox, and the ox is a mood. They're both moods. So figure out who did more damage to who. Whoever did more damage than the other, you pay nezek shalom. To be fair, in the guy's defense, that Ox was asking for. So the point is, okay, now let's say, now here's the machlegas. Oh, so here's the machlegas. Now this is why the entire mission is here, because so far it's pretty simple. It's this machlegas. What if a person and a tom fight? And the tom did $200 worth of damage. The person did $100, whatever, it doesn't matter. Let's say the person did zero damage. A tom hurt a person by $100 worth of damage. So you say, well, Tom pays Chatzinezek. Well, the Tom pays Chatzinezek when it gores another animal. The question is, is the same halachas if a Tom hurts a person? 
So you say, well, yeah, well, I mean, whatever. Tom always pays chasi nezek. Rabbi Kiva's shita is that when a Tom hurts a person, it's nezek shalom. The whole concept of chasi nezek is Tom to animal or kalim. Tom to people is nezek shalom. That's Rabbi Kiva's shita. The Gemara says, Adam betam betam ba'adam, Adam betam ma'aser nezek shalim, tam ba'adam ma'aser chatzin nezek. The Tanakhama's opinion is that a tam, when it hurts a person, pays chatzin nezek. Rabbi Kiva disagrees. He says, No, af tam shachav ba'adam mishal ma'aser nezek shalim. Says Rabbi Kiva, when a tam hurts a person, it's nezek shalim. So the Machlekes is, when a tam does damage to a person, is it chatzin nezek or is it nezek shalim? This is purely a drasha based Machlekes. What's the Machlekes? So basically, there is a parsha. Um, in Shemois Perachaf Aleph, Pasuk Lamed Aleph, the Pasuk Chafchesta Lamed Aleph describes um, a person, an animal killing a person, Kaifer. The Pasuk ends off, Pasuk Lamed Aleph is as follows uh, If an animal gores a person, the same laws shall apply. The same laws. What are the same laws? So the Tanakhama says the same laws as. Meaning, when, a, when an animal gores, another, gores a person, you should do the same laws. So Tanakama says, the laws of an animal goring an animal is the laws for an animal goring a person. Tam chati nezek, a person nezek shalom. Rebbe Kiva says, no, 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 no. What it means is, go to the Pasuk right before. Don't, don't, what's the Pasuk right before? Kofer. Kofer only applies to a muad. The Pasuk is saying that when an animal gores a person, Kimishpat is a Yasalo, treat it as a mood. That's that so that's a machlaik, it's just Pasuk. What does that Pasuk mean? So the Gemara says, Kimishpat is a Yasalo. The Pasuk says that if an animal gores a person, Kimishpat has a Yasalo. Kimishpat Sharbishar, Kach Mishbar Sharba Adam. Tanakama says, Kimishpat Hazeh, whatever the laws are generally of an animal to an animal, is Yasalo, is the same for an animal to a person. What does Rabbi Kiva say? No. Rabbi Kiva says, meaning look at the previous Pasuk. The previous Pasuk is Kofer. Kofer is only applied to a Muad. So it says Rabbi Kiva, what the Pasuk means is, it describes a Muad, and then it says, if an animal gores a person, it's always a Muad. Always treated as a Muad, meaning no Chatzin Nezek. That's a Machalikas. Okay. Yo, now, so Rabbi Kiva says there's always a mood. I'm saying it's chazinez. Correct. Now there is one point. Rabbi Kiva does concede that although it's treated as a muad that it pays 100, percent there is a cap, right? That's always the difference between tam and muad. Is that a muad pays 100 percent no matter what it is? It could be a 10 million dollar damage you're going to pay. A tam, not only does it pay chazinezek, it's capped by the value of the animal itself. You just, if let's say the damage that it did exceeds the value of the animal, just give the animal. That's Rabbi Kiva Shita. That, that, that's what Rabbi Kiva says, even though I hold that when an animal that's a tam hurts a person, you have to pay Nezek Shalim, but there is a cap. The Gemara says, Yachal Mishalim and Aliyah, you might think there's no cap like Muid. Tamalim Yasalo. Megufa Mishalim Ve'ena Mishalim and Aliyah. Yasalo means that you pay from the animal itself. So it's a little bit of this interesting in-between thing. So it's a, a tom that hurts a person, according to Rabbi Akiva. It pays full damages, but it is capped by the value of the animal itself. Okay. Now, Rabbana and Zeh Lamali, what did Rabbana do with the word Zeh? They say, They use the word Zeh to tell you that if an animal gores a person, you only pay for damages, you don't pay for tsar, nezek, ripoy, shevis, and boishas. Okay. 
So the Gemara says, How does Avakiva know this? Because he uses the word Hazat to tell you that you don't, that there's a cap. So how do you know you don't pay for the four things? He uses it from the source of the four things. When the Pasuk describes damages and specifically talking about Tsar, the Pasuk is describing that you have to pay for Tsar. It says, Ish Bamiso, Ish Veloshar. Okay, so that's how he knows that Ashar doesn't pay for the four things. What are the Rabbanon? The, the Rabbanon already have a Pasuk to tell me this. Why is that not a good source? For Rabbanon, imahi avamin They would say, well, that Pasuk is talking about Tsar. So I, maybe that all that Pasuk is telling you is that if an animal hurts somebody, you don't pay Tsar, but you would pay Ripoy and Sheves and Boishis. Avo Ripoy and Sheves, emalitin like Kamash Malon. Okay, fine. Now, here's a very interesting Machlaikas, new Mishnah, until the end of the Daf. A very interesting Shiloh. Okay. Here's the Shiloh. My animal's a tom. It gores your animal. We've been talking about there's a cap. Let's analyze this for a second. There's a machloikas tanoim. Is it that my animal, let's say, is worth $200 and it gores and it did $400 worth of damage, so you pay $200. How, how do you do this? Do you write a check or you just take the animal? Rabbi Kiva Shita is you have to pay from the animal itself. It's not a check. You take the animal. Rabbi Shmuel says no. Yeah, the animal that gores is $200. And the animal's worth 200 right. So the question is, do you just take the animal or do you just write a check? Or if, it, and if, it's less, if the animal's worth more, you have to pay Well, then, then you'll have to sell the animal. And give back the difference? Yeah, meaning you, you know, according to Rabbi Kiva, we're going to see Rabbi Kiva holds you only collect from the animal itself. It is not a debt on the person. It's the way we look at it is that animal partially becomes his by the damage. What? <laughs> well, it's not about what you want. It's a, it's a very, very interesting lumdis that when the animal damages, according to Rabbi Shmuel, you just get a debt and then you write a check. According to Rabbi Kiva, no. When the animal damages, you acquire that value of the animal and it becomes yours. That's how Rabbi Kiva looks at it. So if the, if the animal did $200 worth of damage and it's $200, the animal's entirely yours. If the animal did $100 worth of damage and it's $200, half the animal is yours. And you're now partners. That's how Rabbi Kiva looks at it. It's a very interesting lambdas. The Rabbi Kiva looks at it is that the damage becomes mine. That I acquire it through it hurting me. It's a very interesting yeah, uh, lambdas. And I'll send it back to you. Fine, fine. But, the, but, but, but it's, it's, my, that's, it's mine. Now or easier, depending, because then you just take the animal. I don't know, depending on how you look at it. But but yeah, but, th- but that's how he looks at it. Car crash, you just have a smashed car here. Smashed up car is yours now. Yeah, that's yeah, saying. yeah, yeah. But the point is, it becomes yours. It's not like it's not like a punishment. It becomes yours. It's some sort of lumdis. Huh? At the time of the damage. Time of the damage. So the Gemara, we'll see it inside. Yeah, no, no, we're going to see. That's that's the mamish from here to the end of the daf. Okay, shar shava mana, shenagach shar shava masayim. You have an ox that's worth $100, that gores an ox worth $200, vein hanavelu yafa klum, and, okay, and it completely destroyed it. So, my animal's worth 100 it completely kills your animal, your animal was 200 it's worthless now. So I owe you how much? So it's $200 worth of damage, half that, I owe you $100. I have a $100 ox, that did $100 worth of damage. Keep it simple. What's the halacha? Noitel sashar. The, the Mishnah, which follows our Vikiva, is you don't write a $100 check. I don't owe you money. You take the ox. The ox is yours.
So, oh, so the Gemara says, Masisa money, who is the author of our mission that it's not a debt, but rather the animal becomes yours to the value of the damage, Ravakiva, that is Ravakiva. The Tanya, the Tanakama, Ravi Shmuel, disagrees with Ravakiva. He says what? Yusama Sharbi Bezdin. He says very simply, Yusama Sharbi Bezdin, very simply, according to Ravi Shmuel, when your animal, when a tom damages, it is a any like any other debt. So if the animal did $100, so then write him a check for $100. You don't have to take the ox. The Bezdin evaluates. And if the Bezdin needs that, we are going to see, according to Rabbi Shmuel, there is a lien on the ox. Understood, there's a lien. But it is a debt like all other debts. Rabbi Kiva disagrees. Rabbi Kiva says, ashar. The, the ownership of the ox is automatically transfers. It's some sort of lumdis that the Torah says that when your ox does damage to the other, the, the, the victim acquires the damager. That's how Rabbi Kiva looks at it. So the Gemara says, "My Kamefligi, what is the source of the Machlegas? Rabbi Shmuel Savar Bal Chayvu. Rabbi Shmuel looks at it it's very simple. The damaged party is owed money. You're owed money like any other debt. Vizuzi who So pay him with cash. Rabbi Kiva Savar Shutvininu. Rabbi Kiva says, "No. When the damage happens, you become Shutvin. You become partners." I mean, it's very simple. Nothing. It's just reiterating what we said. Nothing is added. Meaning, you become partners. My animal does damage to your to your animal. You are now partners in that animal to the value of the damage. It becomes yours. If the damage is entirely the value of the ox, it's entirely yours. If it's half the animal ox, you're half the owner. We'll go simple. For the rest of the daf, let's just go simple. The case is where the animal did a hundred dollars. Animal did two hundred dollars worth of damage, and it's worth a hundred. So you have to pay a hundred, hundred, hundred. According to Vikiva, it's your animal. Right, but could you go and write a check? No, anyway? no, it's not, it's not, no, it's not your animal anymore. You could write a check, you'll be giving the guy a gift. He, it's his animal. You don't owe him anything. The, it's automatic. So the Gemara says, what's the, what's the source? The Machlekes is the following Pasuk. The Pasuk says, The Pasuk says that after the damage happens, they shall sell the ox. Who's they? So, Ravi Shmol says very simply, Go to Bezdin, and Bezdin will ensure that you owe that you pay the money. It's like any other debt. And if Bezdin needs to sell the ox, they'll sell the ox. Revakiva says, no. You know who's going to sell it? They? The Nizik and the Mazik, because the Nizik is now a part owner of the ox. Revakiva Savar, the Nizik la Mazik Meaning, Revakiva holds that when the Pasik is saying that when the animal does damage to my animal, I'm now acquired half the animal. I acquired that value. Now What's a nafkamina practically besides for what we just got finished saying of do you write a check? A huge nafkamina is, well, that, but also very simple, just much more simple. What if the I, the, the victim, amakdish the animal? According to Rav Akiva, that works. According to Rav Shmuel, no, it doesn't. It's not yours. Again, the animal, let's just go simple. The animal's worth $100 and it did $100 worth of damage to me. According to Rav Akiva, it's my animal right away. So if I'm magdish the animal, it works. According to Rabbi Shmuel, it's not my animal. It's, I owe, the guy owes me $100, it's not my animal. And if I'm magdish the animal, it's like me trying to be magdish your, your car. It doesn't work. So that's an afkamina. Hegdish niska yikabinayu. Okay. Now, boy, mina rav merav nachman. Again, according to Rabbi Shmuel, let's keep it very simple. According to Rabbi Shmuel, it is not the victim's animal. The victim is owed money. That is it. So it says the Gemara, machro masik Rabbi Shmuel mahu, can the Owner of the animal, sell it. Can the owner of the animal sell it? 
No, no, Rabbi Shmuel. According to Rabbi Shmuel, can the owner of the animal sell? Why yeah, why not? So the Gemara says, "Well, Kivan, Dabra Rabbi Shmuel, Bal Choyv, who's a masik leimacher? Do you say, well, yeah, it's still his animal. He just owes money. Why can't he sell it?" Oydilma, go to the next page. Kivan, the Mishabed leLinizik Lav Kalkomine, or perhaps because there's a lien proper, there's a lien on this. It's different. So the Gemara says, "Amrlei Inamacher, he cannot sell it." The Gemara says, "Well, wait a minute, Fatanya Macher Macher. I thought he can sell it." The Brisa says he could. It means Choyzer Begoyvet. What it means is like this. He could sell it. The problem is when you hear a sale, you think finite. It's a sale, but because there's a lien on the ox, the guy can collect it and undo the sale. So I, again, my ox scores your ox. According to Rabbi Shmuel, I owe you $100. It's still my ox. You don't have any ownership. I sell it to Adam. It is a good sale, but it's not a good sale because it's a good sale until you want to take it. And then because there's a lien on the ox, if I can't pay the money, you can go take it. So it's a sale, but not a sale. Why is it ever a sale? What do you mean? Well, yeah, it's true. This is by real estate, it would be the same thing. Point, the, oh, so here's the cash. Are you telling me that there's a lien on the ox? The rule is there's no such thing as a lien on movables. Liens are only found on real estate. So where do we find this precedent of there being a lien on the ox? So the Gemara says, now, the Chimiyachar Shechoyzevigoyvelamemacher, now if... If the if the victim can undo the sale and collect it, then what is the purpose of the sale? It means the ridya. It means it's a sale until he collects it. Very simple. Now, for plowing purposes, until the guy collects it, it's a legitimate sale. Now says the Gemara, Shmami no lava umachar metalton bezin gaivlemihem. The Gemara questions this. The Gemara says, Does that mean you could see from here that there's a lien on movables? That's not true. So the Gemara says there is one case. Generally, there's no lien. Listen, there's a lien on real estate. There's no lien on movables. If I sell you a table, a stam, worth 50 bucks, and I happen to owe Menashe $50, I can't pay it, he can't come and take the table from you. That's not a thing. So where, 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 where is this coming from? So the Gemara says, well, it's shani hasam de keman asu apotiki, dami. It's like an apotiki. Apotiki is basically where you made a lien specifically. Apotiki means, I tell you, I owe you money, collect it from this table. It's an apotiki. Meaning, so it's, it's, in other words, it's not that, that, it's not that there's like, by real estate, there's a standard pro- procedure that there's a lien. This is that it's kilu, you made a lien. You're right. Standard, there's no lien on metaltalin. But over here, it's kilu, you made a lien. It's as if you said there's a lien on it. Huh? Yeah, it's, it's like you declared it. Now, here's the problem. Even declaring a lien does not work on movables. Even declaring a lien only works on real estate or on slaves. Even saying apotiki, which is, there should be a lien on this, does not work. So why is there, why is that lien over here? The Gemara says, If I make a lien on the ox, you know what I did? Nothing. It doesn't work. So why does it work over here? You want to know why? What, 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 why is there a lien on real estate but not on, on movables? Just think about it logically. Because when you're buying something, we want to protect the buyer. When I buy real estate, I know that there might be a lien on it, so therefore I will do research, I'll look at the past claims, I'll look at all that. You're buying a table, there's no paperwork on a table, no one knows about it. So all of a sudden, I buy the table, and two days later, someone takes it away. He's like, oh, he owed me money. I'm like, well, there's no, there's no paperwork. Like, you understand, it's, it's, too, it's too flimsy. There's no coal. 
Normally, you cannot put a lien on an ox because there's not enough knowledge of the ox, of the history of it. This is an ox that did damage. There is, <laughs> there's a write-up. There's a court, there's a police uh, report. So this is the one case where a lien actually works. Generally, there's no lien on, on movables just because movables, there's no history, there's no, no one knows about it enough. And therefore, you're not going to protect yourself by researching it. But this is an animal that actually gored, which means it went to court. Once that happens, Bezdin, people know about it, and therefore you actually could do some research. So in other words, when you buy an ox, generally you're not going to say, hey, before I buy it, is there a lien on this ox? Is there anything do I have to know about? Because like, no one's thinking in those terms. But this is an ox that already did damage. People know about it. So when you buy this ox, everyone knows it's an ox that's gored, and therefore you know there's a chance there's a lien on it. That's why it's the exception. Everyone knows that this is the goring ox, and therefore it's common knowledge that there might be a lien on it. Correct. But that's the point. In this, the reason why it's like karka is because people know to, to, to research this family lineage, this paperwork. Okay. Okay, so here's the deal. This is a brysa that seems to be very, very confusing. Let me explain. We have a machlaikis. Again, my ox gores Gavin's ox. And just to make it simple, it did $200 worth of damage. It's worth $100. So it owes $100, bucks, 100 bucks. According to Rabbi Shemal, it's still my ox. I just write you a check. According to Rabbi Kiva, it's your ox. Okay, so we said one of the nafkaminas is if your makdish it, according to Rabbi Kiva works, according to Rabbi Shemal doesn't work. This Bryce says, I cannot sell it, but I could be makdish it. Now, it doesn't say who that is. It's either me or you. Either way, it doesn't make sense. Because according to Rabbi Shemal, I can sell and I could be Magdashit. According to Rav Akiva, you can sell, and you could be Magdashit. But I don't know of anybody who makes a differentiation between selling and Hegdash. It should either be, you could do both, or you could do neither. I don't understand. You understand meaning? Ownership is ownership. So if it's my ownership regarding sales, I could be Magdashit, but I can't sell it. What does that mean? It's either yours or it's not. So the Gemara says, the Brisa said as follows, Machar ene Machar. He, whoever he is, again, either the victim or the original owner, cannot sell this ox. But Hekdisha Mukdish, but he could be Magdashit. Now that doesn't make any sense. Because, again, according to, if we're talking about the Mazik, then Rabbi Shmuel holds, I could sell and I could be Magdashit. If we're holding, talking about the Nizik, then Rabbi Kiva holds, I could sell and I could be Magdashit. I don't know of anybody who says one without the other. Who says that you could be Magdish and not sell it? It doesn't make sense. If you could be Magdish, that means it's yours. If it's yours, why can't you sell it? If you can't sell it, it means it's not yours. So why can't you be Magdish? It, it, it doesn't really make much sense. So the Gemara says, Machriman. Well, who are we talking about? Let's go very simply. Let's go with the first option. We're talking about the original owner. So my ox scores Gavin's ox. I'm the original owner. The Bryce is now saying, I cannot sell it, but I could be Magdish. Uh, wait, I can't sell it money Revakiva because it's following Revakiva that says that when my animal did damage, it becomes Gavin's, it becomes yours automatically, and that's why I can't sell it. But then why could I be Magdashit? Right? Then Hekdisha Mukdash, Asan Ravi Shmol. Meaning, it's sort of like we're taking both sides here. Like, I can't sell it because it follows Rav Akiva's view that it's automatically yours, not mine anymore. But I can be Magdashit because it follows Rav Shmuel that it's still mine. It, it doesn't make sense. Be consistent. Exactly. So the Gemara says, I can make it work. 
Lo'olam mazik. Really, it's very simple. Divrei hakol. The case is like this. My ox scores Gavin's ox, $100, $100 worth of damage. I am trying to sell it, and I am being Magdashit. And it could work according to everybody. How so? Let's go like this. It can follow Rav Akiva. How so? Okay. I cannot sell it. The Bryson says I cannot sell it. Now that makes sense according to Rav Akiva because it's not mine anymore. It's yours. Or it could even be Rav Yishmael. When it says I cannot sell it, what it means is it doesn't mean you can't sell it. It means there's a sale, but it could be undone because there's a lien on the property. So when it says machre ene macher, it, it could work according to both. It could work according to Rav Akiva in the classic sense, I cannot sell it. Or it could work according to Rav Yishmael. And what it means is it's a sale, but the sale may not be final because there's a lien on it. But then the second part of the Brisa is, I'm allowed to be Magdashit. Now, how do you explain that according to both opinions? I'll, I'll say it outside, we'll see it inside. I can be Magdashit according to both opinions is as follows. According to Rav Yishmael, I can be Magdashit because it's still mine. How would Rav Akiva explain the Hegdish part? Again, according to Rav Akiva, my ox gored your ox, which means it automatically becomes yours. I'm Magdashit, says the Brisa, it works. So how would, why would Rav Akiva say that it works? I'll tell you why. It's not, it doesn't actually work. Chazal, though, penalized me that if I want to buy this animal back, I have to do something. Meaning like this. They're afraid of the following optics. Again, my ox gores your animal. According to Rav Akiva, ownership is automatically transferred. Now, nobody knows this because not many people have learned Daflab and Gimel and Baba Kaba. But they, cause, so they think it's my animal, but it automatically is technically transferred to you. I get up in front of like 10 people, I'm like, animal is hegdish. According to Rav Akiva, did I do anything? No, because it's not mine, it's Gavin's. Here's the problem though. If the next day they just see me walking around with the animal, treating it like not hegdish, they're not going to know that there was a technicality. They're going to say, I guess hegdish is not really a thing. And therefore, because of that, Chazal penalized me that in order for me to undo this fake hegdish, I actually have to give money to the Beis HaMegdish and do a sham transfer. The point is, the case is as follows. My animal gores your animal. It automatically becomes his. I'm Magdishit. Yeah. I'm Magdishit. So why does it work according to Rav Akiva? The answer is, it doesn't actually work. But Chazal were afraid that if I make it hegdish and then just do nothing because of a technicality... It, it, People are going to say, oh, Hegdish is not a thing. And then for Chazal penalized me that if I want to undo this Hegdish, even though this Hegdish didn't accomplish anything, I have to actually give money to the Beisam Hegdish. So the Gemara says, Hegdish and Mugdish Afila Rav Akiva. When the Brisa says that it's Hegdish, it could be even according to Rav Akiva. And this is the teaching of Rav Akiva. If you just our Magdash and due to technicality, it's nothing, and then just don't give any money to the Beis Amigdash. People are going to say, "Oh, I guess Hegdish is not legitimate," and you could be you could be Magdash something and undo it without actually redeeming it. And therefore, as a penalty for you to avoid confusion, you actually have to give a certain amount of money. Okay, so what we're going to do, like here, um, to the Hegdish, meaning you have to give that value of the Beis Amigdash. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So the guy who says this, he loses everything. Yeah. I don't, by the way, I don't know. I, I think I saw from the Rishonim. I don't know if you actually have to give full value. I think you have to give enough that people are just like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I don't know. Let's say the animal's worth a thousand. Do you have to give a thousand? Maybe you can give 300 bucks. You could say, well, I worked it out with Bezdin. Fine. The base, I'm English. But at least you have to give something. You, you can't just. 
I guess no, because I guess if people ask, people if people ask, do you ever give money? If he just says no, that's not a good optic. The point is, you have to give enough money that it avoids. That from an optic perspective, it looks like Hegdish has a little bit more covet. Now, what we're going to do for the end of the daf is as follows. This is a brisa, a long brisa, and then we'll start explaining it, and we'll really go tomorrow, we'll deal with it further. The brisa says as follows. Now, this brisa, um, this brisa, I believe, is following Rabbi Shmuel. This brisa is following Rabbi Shmuel. The brisa says like this. Um, okay. You have an ox that's a tam that did damage. Now, like this, we, we said a machlaikis before, is it, does it automatically transfer? Rabbi Kiva says it automatically transfers to the victim. Rabbi Shmuel says no. Everyone agrees that once I'm already found guilty in Bezdin, then it's yours. The whole machlaikis is until I go to court. Once Bezdin finds me guilty, the, the ownership is now transferred. But the Machlegis is up to that point. Okay. So actually, I'm a bedin. I'm not yet in court yet. Machru macher. If I sell it, it's a legitimate sale. Again, this is following I, the Mazik. I follow Rabbi Shmuel. I can still sell it. Hikdish muktish. And I could be magdishit. That could also work according to everybody, by the way, because either I'm still the owner or even Rav Akiva for optic purposes. Shachtoi v'nasnoi b'matana. Oh, let's say I shecht it. It works. Meaning, I'm, I'm permission, I have permission to shechten. Now, the chiddush of this is, think about this. No, this is Rabbi Shmuel. Why am I allowed to shechten? Basically, think about it. According to Rabbi Shmuel, I owe you $100, yeah? The value of the ox is 100 You don't actually own the ox. I just, I write you a check, 100 bucks. Now, I did mention there's a lien on this ox. So let's say I don't have any, I don't have, a, I could write a check. My check is meaningless. You'll, you'll collect it from this item. So it's mine, but there's a lien on it for you. I shecht it because I want to be a jerk. Because you know what happens when you shecht it? It goes from being valued at $100 to 50 bucks. The halacha is, oops, sorry. Meaning, you, I still don't have a penny to my name. The only thing I got is this animal as a lien. You could collect it. You're like, but it's only worth 50 bucks now. I'm like, yeah. Like, meaning, you cannot take me to court for lowering the value of the lien because it's still my animal. The most I did to you is a grumma. I was goyrim you hezek. You understand? Again, I have no penny to my name. The only way that you're going to collect is because there's a lien on this ox. It's worth 100 bucks. So right now, if you collect, perfect. You're going to be whole. Everything's great. I don't like you so much. I shech the animal. And now it's worth 50 bucks. You could take it. You're only going to be able to get 50 bucks. You'll say, well, that's not nice. I'm like, uh-huh. So you're saying- I'm allowed to do that. I'm allowed to damage a lien and prevent the person from collecting a full so, value. I'm not saying that, listen, in Shemaim you'll be punished, but you cannot take me to court for that because it's still mine, and the most I'm doing is a grumma of Hezek, and you, I don't have to pay for grumma. So you have a house that's... Uh, yeah, so, exactly. And I just want to dig tunnels in the backyard. Underneath the house. I want to dig tunnels the whole time, yeah. I could do that. Or, or I want to load it up with homeless yeah. people. 100%, I could do that. Yeah, because... Yeah. Yeah. Either way, either way, I'm 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 not. It's my animal. I'm just being goyrimu that you can't collect a full lien. That's. I'm sorry. I'm not. Even if it's a knas, even if it's a knas, you cannot take me to court for this. That's the point. That's the chiddush you see from this. The gemara is going to clarify. The gemara says, "Mishal This is all before 
you went to court. But once you're already going to court, everyone agrees to the Rav Akiva that it becomes the victims. Machre in a machre, and therefore I can't sell it anymore. Hegdesha in a mugdish. I can't be magdish anymore. If I shecht it, now it's no good because now I'm shechting your animal. Now, and let's say other people want to collect debts. You're not the only one I, I hurt, right? I Again, I hurt you $100, your animal $100, we go to court. So now it becomes yours. All of a sudden, I owe this guy $10,000 because I ripped him off last year. I did a Ponzi scheme. And he wants to collect. He cannot collect from this ox because this ox is now yours. And there's no lien on the ox for that guy. So if the guy wants to collect the ox, no, no, it's yours. Okay. Now, Mu'a Chehizik, now this is all, by the way, this is all by a Tom, because a Tom, there's a sheet of Ravakiva that it becomes yours. And everyone agrees that it becomes yours after Din. Not by a Mu'ad. Mu'ad, it never becomes yours. Mu'ad is a debt. The whole shayla is by a tam where you collect from the body of the animal. A muid is purely a debt. Everyone agrees it does not become the victim by a muid because a muid's a muid has to pay more than the value of the animal. So it doesn't. This whole shayla is just by a tam. Think about it. A muid, if a muid does damage, right? The reason why Rav Akiva says what he says is because there's a cap. Right, the cap means that I don't have to pay more than the value of my animal. So says Rabbi Kiva, that means the animal becomes yours. But a muid, if my muid hurts your animal, you don't have any rights to my animal, according to everybody, because I could pay. I, I have to pay way more than the value of my animal. May so the, everyone agrees that a muid is purely a debt on my perspective. So if my animal is a muid and it hurts your animal, you definitely have no claim to the animal itself. According to Kuliyam Lachaldes. It's just by Tom. It's purely by Tom. Yeah, but Tom, by Tom. Machre v'chatsi is kasmer. It's chatsi. The Gemara says, "Mu'ach shehizik ben shamedim shleyam avedin machre machar hikdish mukdish shachtum v'nasatana mashasay asay kavim balachayvus v'gbiu ben chavat shlehizik ben mashasay asay v'shem mishdalma minaliyah." By a mu'ad, I could sell it. I could be magdish it. I could shecht it. Other people can collect it. The mu'ad, you have no claim to the animal. You have a debt. I'll write you a check. According to, According to everybody. A muid is different because the Pasuk, a muid I have to pay, there's no cap to it. This whole thing is by Tom. Whole thing by Tom. Tom only. Tom only. Tom only. Because again, a muid, if you think about it, it makes sense because the Tom, I can only, I don't have to pay more than the value of my ox. So says Rabbi Kiva, that means that the transfer of ownership. A muid, I have to pay the value of the damage. It could be way more than the value of my ox. My ox could be $100 and do $10 million worth of damage. So you obviously have no claim to my animal. A muid is completely dis- disconnected between the claim and the animal itself, according to everybody. Now let's just see this inside. Amr Okay, this is over that we had. Okay, the case is, I shech the animal. What I did is what I did. Now what does that mean, what I did is what I did? So the Gemara says, The Gemara understands at first that when it will be done in two minutes. The Gemara, 35 will be done. The Gemara says that at first it means that if I shechted the animal, it implies that you can't collect anymore. But that's not true. Just because I shechted the animal doesn't mean you can't collect. According to Revakiva, you still can collect. So the Gemara says, Why can't you just collect the carcass? The answer is you could. So what does it mean that if I shecht, I did what I did? What it means is, What it means is, a 
according to Rabbi Shmuel, again, according to Rabbi Shmuel, the case is, we're talking about Rabbi Shmuel, my animal's worth $100, did damage to your animal, 100 100 it's still my animal, but there's a lien on the animal. The chiddush is that if I shecht it, and now the animal's worth 50 sorry, you, can't, you cannot take me to court for that. I, I just, me, I hurt your lien. That's all I did. I'm allowed to do that. I'm allowed to do that. Like the case my father said, if there's a lien on my property and I just want to dig holes in the backyard and completely do whatever, I ruin the damage, the foundation, I can do that because it's mine. I, I was goyrim that you won't be able to collect the full value of the lien. That's a grumma. I don't, sorry, don't care. So to over here, I don't have a penny to my name. The only way you're going to collect your hundred dollars because there's a lien on the ox. I shecht it. It's now worth fifty bucks. So I said, to take it. You have a lien on it. Go take it. You're like, yeah, but it's only worth fifty. Mm-hmm. But you can't collect a hundred. Mm-hmm. And you can't take me to court for that because that's at most a grama. That's the point of this gemara that I can be goyrim a hezek on your lien. So the gemara says, don't I? Only, I already know this. So we'll do two more minutes and we'll do that. The chiddush is that maybe over here I didn't really cause so much damage. I just took its life away. What did I do already? It's the same animal, same carcass. But if I dig holes in your backyard, maybe that's a real damage, and you can't do that. Kamashmula, no. It is all the same. Doing a damage to the lien is a damage to the lien. So the Gemara says, but don't I already know this? Hanami Raba de Amra. De Amra Raba. You know it's another example of ruining a lien? Killing the ox is one. Digging holes in the backyard is another. You know it's another one? I burn Shtaros. You what? I burn Shtaros for a living. <laughs> no, I, I burn a Shtar. Burn dark. Right? You have a Shtar that says that you can collect $100. I burn it. What did I do? I'll pay you for the paper. You're like, but it's not the paper. You, 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 I can't collect. You, you ruined the lien, so to speak. Right? What did I do already? I just burnt a paper. I, I'll pay you for the value of the paper. Yeah, but you can't collect now. Uh-huh. That's called a grama. That's another example of causing... Why? Exactly. Uh-huh. No, because if you shut the animal, it goes down fifty percent. Okay. This goes down hundred. No, th- by the way, you could still, you could still, if the guy's willing to, if the guy's willing to pay you, uh, it just becomes an oral loan. <laughs> yeah. Why not? It's the same thing. Yeah. Don't any don't let documents be near me. The Gemara says. The Gemara says. Yes. Yeah, so the question is, so why do I need both? Why do I need this case and that case? They're all telling the same thing. The answer is, Over there with the paper, you can say, listen, what I do? I just print the paper. What I do already? Over there, I didn't actually affect the actual loan itself. I burnt the paper. Well, I'll chaz this over tomorrow. I just burnt the paper. But over here, I actually hurt the animal itself. I did damage to the actual animal, not to the ability to collect. Yeah, it's a grama. Again, well, tomorrow we'll, we'll pick up on this last point. I know, you feel like it's worse.